What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Booth Review. As always, I'm your host, Devin Primrose, joined by that Sultan of Spice. Tonight is the night. It's the first annual Boothies, baby! Our end-of-season awards for the NFL. Uh, what's going on, Pete? How you doing, man? I'm doing great. My Kansas City Chiefs back in the Super Bowl. They are. They are. Despite everybody's like, if they if they win, it's the beginning of my villain arc because oh, gosh. no nobody will enjoy the Chiefs after the season except Chiefs fans, and that's fine. That's that's fine. I mean, you're you're not wrong. I will say this though, like we discussed this throughout the season that if the Chiefs manage to win this year, this is this is their most impressive win. And it's only because of the fact that they had, you know, the problems they had offensively throughout the season and how good of a defense that defense is with Spags as the coordinator, with those young guys, you know, really coming into form, McDuffie, Karloftis, all those guys. So in my opinion, this would be their most impressive win of the three um, with Mahomes. Um, but <clears throat> Niners are good, man. The Niners are good. Yeah. It's going to be, like, it is, like, obviously everybody wanted the Lions. Like, even, you know, Ravens yeah. and Chiefs, if the Ravens were any cool. But I think the real, like, story everybody wanted in the Super Bowl was the Lions. And, unfortunately, they came up just short with a incredible Brock Birdie comeback um, yeah. down 24-7. to 7. Um, But, I mean, these are, you know, the best team in, like, all around, well, who we thought was the Ravens before this week, but... The best all-around team in football versus Mahomes, Kelsey, and some other guys. Um, yeah. But these other guys may have to learn their names. <laughs> as I'll, I'll say this, ends. though. I'll say this, though. Like, as far as the Chiefs go, I feel like you watch what the Lions did, or not the Lions, what the, the Niners did against the Packers and then against the Lions and back-to-back week. I feel like you've got to be feeling pretty good as a Chiefs fan going into that Super Bowl because you have a team that literally by a com- by a combined 6 points beat their last two opponents. So I feel like the Chiefs have as good of a chance as anybody. Yeah. Vegas doesn't want to really give anyone the edge. They I think San Francisco last time I looked were like one and a half point favorites. Yeah. Um I think that's still correct. Uh, two points now, full two points. If they announce that Kadarius Tony is playing, it'll probably they'll probably be favored by more. But although he went on Instagram Live apparently and said that he's not actually hurt, that the Chiefs are making it up. So <laughs> we'll see if we even let him play. Weird, 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 weird. He did that on the Giants, too, or, like, he wasn't actually hurt on the Giants, but he told the team he was because he didn't want to play on the Giants anymore. And now, I mean, he just had a kid, too. Like, he had a personal reason to be off, and they did say in the injury report that he had a personal reason to be off. But Well, I, I, we'll know, I know we'll get to him later on tonight. No spoilers, but somewhat of a spoiler. Uh, we will get to him a little bit later on. 
I didn't even if he won and I didn't even vote for him. That's impressive because <laughs> I definitely didn't even think about it. he was like an afterthought. I forgot about him, like his existence these past few weeks. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I guess we can just like jump right into it. Um, Does the Boothies have its own theme song? doesn't i i thought about finding one and then i just never did i'll just um, uh boom 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 boothies boom 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 boothies boom 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 boothies it's the boothies might be your finest work ever on this that podcast a completely original i didn't parody anything that's why you went you went back to your roots on that one going back to the uh the xfl podcast yeah, you're welcome. Uh, if you you know <laughs> want to soundbite that for next year, um, so I don't have to do it again because I won't remember it. <laughs> so, well, for those of you for those of you that don't know, um, we decided to do things a little bit different this year. Throughout the season, we did community power rankings, or at least we attempted to. Uh, did not do it every single week, unfortunately. Um, but basically, if you're in our Discord. You got a link to go submit your power rankings every week or whenever we did them. Um, again, I tried to do them on every, a weekly basis. Every week is a stretch. <laughs> uh, every other week, every couple weeks, we, you know, when we, we, we chose to. Um, you basically got to go in there, put in your top 10, and then we all combined it for a group community power ranking. So we said, hey, let's do that, but with end of season awards. So instead of me and Pete, making our predictions or picking our own. Everybody picked, and we all put them together, calculated, you know, did all the nerd stuff and uh, and punched out the numbers, and these are the results. So we're going to roll through it. Today we are a math podcast. We are a math uh, pod today. <laughs> I do like doing community-wise, too, because obviously, like we just talked about, I forget about things yeah. a lot. Um, And so, you know, it's nice that there's some, like... Uh, What's it called? Uh, some backup. Some. See, I'm forgetting what word I want to say right now. So it's <laughs> it's yeah. a good thing we're doing it this way. There was there was plenty of times where like I was looking through at the votes that people submitted. And I was like, oh, I completely forgot about him, and like, oh, that's a really good call. Um, so hopefully we got it right. I think I think for the most part we got it right. There's definitely a couple of surprises, um, and. We added some different categories, some fun categories, as opposed to the typical end-of-season NFL awards. Um, so I think what I'm going to do, uh, whenever I had y'all fill out the forms, I had everybody submit their top three. So one, two, three. Um, then I combined everything based, on, based off points. First place got three points, second place two points, third place one point. Um, and then person at the end with the most points obviously, is the winner. Um, so I think what I'm going to do to you, Pete, is I'm going to give you the three highest um, in every category, basically our final nominees, and I'm going to have you try and guess which one uh, we all agreed on, if that works okay. for you. Okay, I'll give it a shot. <clears throat> so I'll give it a go. Let's start off. I'm gonna just go right through in the exact same order that I put them on the form. 
Um, but we're going to start off with Coach of the Year. There was a handful of really good candidates. Um, I don't remember how many exactly were submitted, but for the most part, we all pretty much had the same three. I think this was a pretty um, easy category, but there was some uh, you know, opposition as to who should be the one that gets the award. So the first ever Boothie is being presented right now to Coach of the Year. And your nominees are Mr. MCDC Dan Campbell himself of the Detroit Lions. D'Amico Ryans in his first year turned that Houston Texans franchise around, leading them to the playoffs. Not just the playoffs, but a playoff win over the Cleveland Browns, who is the last nominee in this category. Kevin Stefanski, the head coach of the Cleveland Browns, right in the ship. After uh, Deshaun Watson dealt with his injury battles, brought in Joe Flacco to make some magic happen. Uh, those are the final three nominees for Coach of the Year. D'Amico Ryans, MCDC Dan Campbell, and Kevin Stefanski. Who do you think gets it? It's tough because uh, this might be one of the toughest ones to pick because all three of these coaches, uh, you know, Dan Campbell, a three-year turnaround went from like three thirteen and one or something like that to getting twelve wins, making it to an NFC Championship team with a quarterback that nobody thought could do it. That a quarterback right. that everybody thought overachieved in Los Angeles ended up beating the quarterback he replaced in Detroit for their first playoff win in like sixty years or thirty years, whatever it was, something like that. Um, Kevin Stefanski. One with four different starting quarterbacks this year. PJ Walker, DTR, Joe Flacco, and Deshaun Watson. Uh and and without Nick uh, Chubb for like 90% of the yeah. season. The only like star, like there was I feel like only one star on each side of the ball that like started the whole year, and that was Miles Garrett and Amari Cooper. Um yeah. It felt like everybody else and Orlando Brown Jr., if you want to call him the star, I think played the whole year too on the Browns. But yeah, because even Njoku missed a little bit of time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he burned his face off and then was back like the next week. <laughs> incredible, incredible story. Personally, I go with uh, DeMarco Ryan, who took the team that was going to have the number one overall pick uh, before Lovey Smith. Gave a middle finger, walking out the door, getting the win over the Colts in week 18. Uh, ended up with the number two pick, ended up working out for him because they grabbed C.J. Stroud, who is one of the best rookie quarterbacks we've seen in a while. Um, And getting that team from the worst team in the league, essentially, to winning their division and winning a playoff game over one of the best defenses and I know, like, technically we shouldn't put playoffs into account if we're doing it like the regular awards, but right. it's impressive. It's impressive. Yeah. And while Dan Campbell did take, and I'm not taking any way away from what Dan Campbell did, but he took three seasons, like, to get to the playoffs with that team, and uh, Marco Ryan only needed one rookie head coach, rookie quarterback. I would give it to DeMarco Ryan. Well... I am going to correct you. D'Amico Ryan. Give the man some respect. Dang it. Uh, Why am I saying DeMarco? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where it's coming from. Um, yeah, D'Amico Ryan's is the winner of the first ever Boothie. 
Obviously, we have him on Zoom. We're going to bring him in right now. <laughs> Say a few words to Miko. No, I wish we did. Uh, yeah. My name's actually DeMarco. <laughs> uh, shout out to him. A great job down there for the Texans uh, in, in year one. Very, very excited to see what they do in year two. Um, so, yeah, D'Amico Ryan's coach of the year. Much deserved. Yeah. I mean, it, it could have gone to any of those three, and there would have been no complaints, I think. Like, when they do the award next week, if it goes to any yeah. of those three guys, like, no complaints. They're all three incredible this year. It, it actually was kind of close. D'Amico won pretty handily, but Stefanski and MCGC both tied in the amount of points they had. So... Like, like I said, I think I think everybody had those three guys, um, and it was just what order they were in. There might have been I a said couple Orla- other ones. I have to correct myself again. Today, it's not a good night for me, apparently. I said Orlando Brown. That's the wrong Ohio team. That's Cincinnati. I'm an idiot. Let's move <laughs> yeah. on. Let's I'll go. Hey, hey, listen, <laughs> listen. You know what? You can always come back. You can always come back from your mistakes. So let's segue into Comeback Player of the Year. The final three nominees are Damar Hamlin, the man who literally died on a football field just a year ago back in the NFL playing some downs. Did he do enough, though? Or did the magic man Joe Flacco coming out of retirement, sneaking in there, getting Cleveland to, to, to the playoffs, Maybe he did enough. Or did Baker, Baker Mayfield, down in Tampa Bay, coming out of nowhere, surprising a lot of people going into this year, no no hopes for him. Uh, basically, it was, was supposed to be in a quarterback battle uh, with whoever the backup is down there, Kyle Trask, maybe, whoever it is down there. Um, don't even remember who it is. Uh, but supposed to be in a, in, in a quarterback battle. Baker Mayfield wins it out, and then he goes on to have a great season, leads Tampa Bay to the playoffs. Final three nominees, comeback player of the year, DeMar Hamlin, Baker Mayfield, Joe Flacco. Who you got, man? The more and more I think about this after I submitted my answers, the more and more I'm like, I probably should have separated comeback from, because we have most improved later on, don't we? We do, yep. Because I feel like comeback player the more and more I think about it in terms of what we did, because NFL obviously doesn't have most improved. So they kind of have to squeeze both of those into one category. They should I have most like, improved. Most improved is a fantastic category. I'm glad we did it. Well, and it kind of also like, because comeback player, like should be people coming back from something. And Correct. the thing with specifically Baker Mayfield is like, the only thing he came back from was, just being on a QB carousel and then finally found a place to call home. Whereas Joe yeah. Flacco, Joe Flacco came back from being on the couch and then DeMar Hamlin literally died and came back to life. Right. But didn't really do much on the field this season. So that makes it super tough. The top from these top three answers, the person I would want to add to it would be Matthew Stafford because he did have a pretty brutal injury last year to the point where like, we weren't sure if he was going to play again. And then he come back, rallies at the end of the season, gets same thing with, uh, I think the same amount of wins as Buffalo, like five or six wins in the last six weeks Yeah, to get that last playoff spot. Um, I will say Stafford did get some votes. I don't remember how many, but he got some. Yeah, and this is stuff I more so thought about after I submitted my thing, so I'm at fault here too. Um, From those three, 
I think we were all pretty high on the Joe Flacco train. Um, so I think that's probably who we picked, even if, uh, because he did cut, I mean, going undefeated in the regular season after not starting, being a starting position essentially for years is pretty phenomenal. Yeah. 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 I agree. Well, listen, you're two for two, man. Joe Flacco gets the booty comeback player of the year, which is crazy when you think about the fact that DeMar Hamlin literally died on the field. We said, I think we said it in preseason when we were doing our awards predictions, that if DeMar Hamlin, as long as he plays a snap this year, it doesn't matter what he does, he should win this award. And here we are, a whole season later, sitting there saying, that DeMar Hamlin did do quite enough. Joe Flacco is a better story. The man well, died! We- what else is he supposed to do? <laughs> we didn't... We didn't expect somebody else to have such a good story this year. It is, it is a great back. story. Um, but no, I mean, Damar Hamlin, he's going to win it in, you know, the real NFL maybe, honors. Maybe, maybe. Um, I think Flacco has a chance. It is weird when you think about it, though, where, like, he he did die. He actually died. And he brought, like, the, he brought the whole, not just the NFL, like, he brought... The world together when that happened last year. Um, like people, people and, have talked about naming this award after him. But if you're gonna name the award after him, I feel like you got to give him the award first. Uh, give him the, <laughs> yeah. the Demar Hamlin Comeback Player of the Year award goes to Joe Flacco. <laughs> they can have they can, <laughs> they can have two winners. They can have two winners. Oh, They've done it for other maybe. awards. They can have two winners. It's fine. <laughs> oh, well, let's talk about some rookies. We talked about the old man, Joe Flacco. Let's get into some rookie talk. We have Offensive Rookie of the Year. And I got to say, I'm very happy that one of these names landed on this list because I wasn't expecting it. Um, but your three nominees for Offensive Rookie of the Year. You had a magical tight end out there in Detroit, coming out of nowhere. A little bit of hype for him going into the season. Uh, obviously, wasn't like the talk of the town like these other, like like one of these other two. Um, but Sam Laporta had a sneaky, very good season. I'm happy to see him get some some votes. Uh, I think I just gave away they did not win by saying that, but I, I am happy to see him get some votes. Uh, as it, we all know, this is a two two player race. It honestly was. Um, so you got the quarterback down in Houston that helped turn that franchise around in. C.J. Stroud, and a promising young wide receiver that literally came out of nowhere. I think he was uh, somewhat of a late-round pick um, for the Los Angeles Rams in Puka Nakua. Who you got, man? Um, Yeah, I think... I I couldn't remember because I think you said in the Discord, you were like, oh, I really like your third offensive rookie of the year. And I was like, who did I put for that? But it was. It was Sam Laporta. I mean, Sam Laporta broke some records, too, and also, I believe, was the first team All-Pro tight end this year in a league with Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, like all these guys, uh, and your rookie year being to outproduce them is incredible. Yeah, It's an incredible feat. I feel like almost any other year, like, if this were last year, he definitely would have won it. A thousand percent last year, he would have won it. Over Garrett Wilson? Um, Yes. Mm, Okay. I'm not... 
I'm not entirely disagreeing with you. I just think Garrett had a very good season. Um, Puka Nakua, also incredible story out of nowhere. Um, on a team with Cooper Cup, was still able to get that amount of production. Um, is insane. Um, I think like broke the rookie receiving record by a mile. <laughs> it just gone, obliterated. Yeah. And then obviously CJ Stroud, who is is my pick. Um, and it might be a little unfair because it does mostly go to quarterbacks, but again, one of the best rookie seasons we've seen in a while, and like at least four four years, five years, something like that. Yeah, from a quarterback. Like it's so. been it's been a couple yeah. years for sure. Uh yeah, well, listen, three for three, man. See CJ won it. Uh I'm very happy to announce the Boothie for Offensive Rookie of the Year goes to Mr. C.J. Stroud. Uh, this is one of my, already one of my favorite favorite players in the league. Uh, he's a ton of fun to watch. Uh, and I'm like I said earlier, I'm very excited about seeing this Texans team in year two with him. Year two with Amico Ryans. I think they've got uh, a lot of momentum heading into a second year together. Um, but yeah, I was right about Puka. Puka was a fifth round pick. So for him to have the season he had, like nobody expected that. Nobody expected it. Yeah. And it is unfortunate because, like, Puka, if it wasn't for CJ, Puka would win, for sure. Again, if if there wasn't a prominent quarterback, yeah. like, if it were, like, last year where it was going to a skill player, like, yeah. Puka Nikuo would have won it. But they always give the default there to the quarterback because it is the, the hardest position. Um, maybe outside DB, but yeah. Well, you know, we had an offensive rookie win it for Houston in CJ Shroud. Let's jump over the defensive rookie side, where we have Mr. Will Anderson Jr. from the Houston Texans nominated. Obviously, a fantastic season on the D line down there in Houston uh, for them. We also have a soon-to-be shut-down cornerback, at least looks that way, in Devin Witherspoon uh, out there in Seattle. And Jalen Carter of the Philadelphia Eagles. Obviously, fantastic season from him. I believe he is actually the favorite currently to win this award uh, next week, which, you know, is a little bit controversial, I think. But who you got, man? I'm going to be honest here. I know... Defensive rookies were like there weren't a lot of prominent ones this year besides like the three you mentioned, and I completely forgot that Witherspoon was a rookie, so I yeah. don't think I put him. Um, and I don't remember if I put this guy either, but there was no. I'm shocked that none of us put Brian Branch with uh, Brian Branch did get he got at least a vote. Yeah, because he was super good, and maybe that was me. Maybe I put him there. I don't know. Um, of those three, I feel like Will Anderson Jr. impacted the game more than the other guys, especially with, like, it's hard to give Defensive Player of the Year to the Eagles when their defense completely fell apart at the end of the season. Um, Like, to me, it's like, if you were that good of a player, then why is your defense so bad? I, I understand it's a, a team game. but a good point. I, I understand it's a team game, but also... Um, so again, another Houston guy. I don't know what's going on with us here, but I think I would also give it of those three to Will Anderson Jr. 
Killing it, man. Absolutely killing it. Yeah, it the boothie for defensive rookie of the year goes to Mr. Will Anderson Jr. Uh fantastic season down in Houston. Um I believe he set a rookie sack record in Houston, which is kind of crazy when you think of the fact that JJ Watt played there. Um but yeah. And, and he didn't put up monsters. I think he had seven sacks on the season, so it's not like he had a great season, uh, like, sack-wise. But obviously was a force on that defense um, and is an exciting young piece for that team moving forward. I, I Weirdly, I don't feel like any of these defensive rookies were amazing. Like, last year... Sauce like Sauce was shut down. Like he, he was the guy. Um, yeah. It just like it, it, none of these guys are having that kind of year, in my opinion. Um, but I don't want to take anything away from them. They all they all looked perfectly fine. It's just I don't think there was like a standout. Holy crap! Look at what this kid's doing. Kind of player. Yeah, that's why I was like, I'm, I remember trying to vote, and I'm like, who were rookies this year? Like, I had to look up yeah. who the actual, which I didn't do with any of the other ones. I had to look up with who the actual nominees were, because I was like, I don't know who any, like, any of these defensive rookies. Um, yeah, I couldn't even remember who. I think we drafted one defensive player in the first round. I couldn't remember who it was. It was somebody from Kansas State. But I couldn't even remember their name, so they must not have played very good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, let's go out to the offensive player of the year. We're going to switch from rookies to everybody. And this was probably the closest race. This was actually the closest race. Um there was one point that separated the winner and second place. For offensive player of the year, here are your nominees. We got Mr. Run CMC from the San Francisco 49ers. Going to be playing in the Super Bowl next weekend. Uh, fantastic year from him. Obviously, when he's healthy, he's a game changer. Great, great piece on that San Francisco offense. We have Tyreek Hill down in Miami. Killing it. The connection between Tua and Tyreek was on point for the entire season. Uh, at one point, he was on pace for 2,000 yards. Didn't quite get there, um, but was looking like it for most of the season. And then we have another fantastic young wide receiver stud out in Dallas by the name of C.D. Lamb. If Tyreek was the best wide receiver in football, C.D. was right there with him. Uh, 1A, 1B. Those are your nominees. Who you got for Offensive Player of the Year? I feel like... So, personally, and I, I said this to you before, I might have skewed this one a little bit because I intentionally did not put uh, my, MVP vote, my MVP vote in Offensive Player of the Year because I didn't want that person to win both. Oh, so you fudged the numbers. Uh, I wouldn't say fudge the numbers, but I'm just like, <laughs> you know, it's it's always weird when the same player wins Offensive Player of the Year and MVP, and I'm not even sure if bit. the player I put is going to win MVP. I do think Offensive Player of the Year, if they 
don't win MVP, and this is a spoiler for what I'm probably going to pick, um, but CMC was incredible. I think he had a touchdown in every game except the one he needed to break the touchdown like streak record. He had a touchdown in every game except that one. I'm 90% sure. Um, threat on the ground, threat through the air, um, can even throw the ball if he needs to. Like the the best all around football player not playing quarterback is CMC by a mile. Um, yep. So he sh- he should win it if he doesn't win MVP. I think I put Tyreek Hill first just because again I was trying to pick non quarterbacks and non MVP. So, but I think uh, we still gave it to CMC. So you're saying CMC one offensive player. Uh, I I think we probably because everyone else probably put him number one. I'd be shocked if they if they thought Tua had a or not Tua if they thought Tyreek had a better season than CMC. But I don't know. Well, it's your first miss of the night for the 2023 Uthi Offensive Player of the Year. It's going to wide receiver from Miami, Tyreek Hill. Uh, this was a surprise to me. I did not see this. I don't even think I nominated Tyreek Hill for Offensive Player of the Year. Maybe I did. Maybe I put him third. Um, but I thought, man, I, I've got to look yep. it up now. I, I thought that... Um, so that's my bad, guys. I thought that CD might have had the better season head-to-head. And then, um, obviously, CMC was my, my number one. Um, I've got I've got to look this up now that I'm now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, four, you have you wouldn't have Tyreek at two or three. I I I don't think so. I, Who would I just want to. Did you put quarterbacks on your list? That's why. I did put a quarterback third. I put so I put CMC one, CD two, and Lamar Jackson third, which I Aren't think is a... fair. I Aren't think it's a fair. Biggest, like quarterbacks shouldn't get offensive player of the year. In that, in that, you haven't you said that? If if MVP is going to be a quarterback award, like it basically is, then yes, they should not. But I did not vote that way because spoiler alert: my MVP is not a quarterback. So you know what? I'm I'm. Glad now. I was going to apologize for potentially fudging the numbers, but I'm glad now because Tyreek had a heck of like an he incredible did have a very good season, season. At, at wide receiver. Like even if they were coming to a fault a little bit there towards the end, um, let me. I need to find. I need to find his stats. Hold on. Yeah, because Tyreek Hill had some. I mean, for most of the season, he was on pace to break the receiving record. Yeah. 1,800 yards, or 1,799, so basically 1,800 yards. Right. He was, If he had, like, one more great game, he would have passed it. So, <clears throat> I, need, I think he actually missed a week. If he had played that game, he would have had it. I need to do this so I can prove to you why I put in CD over Tyreek. Um, Did CD have more if you, yards? If you go to Pro Football Reference, there's this great tool that you can use called Compare, to where you can put in two players given a certain year, 
And you can literally look at them head to head against each other. So, CD Lamb had 135 receptions, Tyreek Hill 119. CD had 1,749 yards, C- or Tyreek 1,799. So, Tyreek got him there. Um, re- receiving touchdowns, CD had 12, Tyreek had 13. So it's basically neck and neck. The the only edge is that CD was used in the rushing game some, had 113 rush yards, two rush touchdowns. So if you're you're putting them next to each other, I'm giving the edge slightly to CD. But it's it's very close between the two. Tyreek had, what, 20 or 15 less receptions? 15 less reception, 50 more yards. 50 more, 50 more yards and one more yes. touchdown yes. without but, having to run the ball? But that's also because he's not the only, like, CD is the only option in Dallas. He's not, but he's used like he is. I don't know, man. So I, I think I think that's a, you should put the rock on yourself. I think that's a spicy, <laughs> I think that's a spicy take by putting Tyreek Hill in the conversation at all. Like, I understand not putting him number one. Um, I, I like I said, the only reason I put him number one was because I omitted my MVP pick. I but, mean, I think I think we could agree that the wrong guy won here. CMC probably should have won this award, but I am okay with Tyreek getting it. Like these, these are probably the right three guys as far as the, yeah. the top three between Tyreek, CMC, CD. Well, I don't think it's Tyreke, the right order, but I'm okay with it. Tyreek has to win it because of the disservice you did by not putting him on the list at all. So, this is your fault, really. That's fair. This is karma getting at you. All right. Defensive player of the year. This is another fairly close battle. Yeah. Um, Defensive player of the year, we had TJ Watt, Mr. Defensive player every single year out uh, out in Pittsburgh, killing it as always. We had Miles Garrett. Helping the Cleveland Browns get back to the playoffs, locking down the defense. And then we had a surprise out of Dallas. Deron Bland with the five ridiculous pick sixes that he had in the in the season, on top of the nine interceptions. Who is your pick for defensive player of the year? Um Man, it's tough because it felt like every time like a defensive player was having a really good season, like it fell apart under them. Except Legarius Sneed, who got absolutely no credit this year for what Fair. he did. Yeah, yeah. Did did not allow a single touchdown until the playoffs, until the I think it was the game against the Bills. And it was the touchdown where the guy had to like come back for the ball and dive in the end zone. Regardless, um I feel like some people probably got missed over too. I mean the guys, the two rushers we mentioned, right? It was Miles Garrett and TJ Watt. Um, yes, TJ Watt, Miles Garrett, uh, Deron Bland. It's showing postseason leaders. My bad. Um, yeah, only one of them was leading in sacks. So for me, really, it comes down to TJ Watt, sack leader, or Deron Bland for uh, breaking the record. It's tough because we literally talked about it like six weeks ago. The answer was Deron Bland, and I think right. I also I think I put Deron Bland as first in my vote. 
So that's what I'll stick with. But if TJ Watt wins instead, I won't be I won't be mad. Ladies and gentlemen, your winner of the 2023 Boothie for Defensive Player of the Year is Deron Bland from the Dallas Cowboys. I think it's the it's it's the pick sixes. That's what put it over the edge, I think, for, for everybody. Um, this is a very contested category. I think there was a total of seven different players nominated, which is not the most in a category. We'll get to that um, later on. But there were seven different players nominated. There wasn't very similar to, like, the defensive rookie of the year. I don't think there was a standout absolute stud defensive player of the year. This is the guy. I think Miles Garrett was that for like 13, 14 weeks, and then kind of as the season tapered off, so did he. Um, so I, I I, really feel like it's it's the picks and the pick sixes that put it over the edge for Deron Bland because nine picks is ridiculous, and when you return five of those for a touchdown, it's just, I mean, you have to give it yeah. to the guy. Yeah, it's running back, like because how greedy they get too, it's very easy for defensive players to like make a mistake and make a fumble or something while trying to return a pick six. And it's not like they were all easy pick sixes. Like he was missing a lot of tackles, you know, tight roping the sideline. Like they weren't easy plays to make. And he made them every time his team needed him to make them except in the playoffs. So yeah. Uh, shout out to Deron Bland there in the record books, the first boothy defensive player of the year. That's that's the history he should be proud of. <laughs> that is the history. All right, so now we're going to get into some new categories that we brought in um, that are different than your typical NFL awards. Uh, we thought about having, like, basically a league MVP award um, instead of like like a separate conference MVP award versus a overall league MVP award. Um, so that idea for me came from baseball. Baseball, when they give out MVP Cy Youngs, it's based off of the league. So you have an American League MVP, a National League MVP, American League Cy Young Award winner, National League Cy Young Award winner. So basically, instead of doing one overall, which we actually did do that as well. We'll get to that in a little bit. We're doing conference stars. So... This is the AFC star. Who was the best of the best in the AFC? Your nominees. Quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. Obviously, he had to be here. Mr. Josh Allen. Mr. Do-it-all. He can run the ball. He can pass the ball. He can turn the ball over. Uh, Mr. Josh Allen. uh, Wide receiver for the Miami Dolphins. As we mentioned earlier, Already won one booth. He can't even a second one. Uh, Mr. Tyreek Hill. And then we have the quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens. The, I think as of right now, the front runner for MVP, which feels weird. Um, Mr. Lamar Jackson. Or the AFC star. Who you got, man? I'm trying to remember if those are the three I put or not. I think I at least put Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, who it's weird how quickly you can fall out of MVP races. Cause like, I think Josh Allen was a finalist, but nobody's talking about him. Like at this point, 
the finalists that really have a shot are Lamar and CMC, and people are already just saying that like Lamar's won it from everything I've seen. Like, there's no shot for anybody else. Yeah, I will say, I think conference star. I think this should still go to Lamar Jackson. Um, like Josh Allen played very well, especially at the end of the year. Whereas Lamar Jackson had a hiccup right at the start of the season. But I want to say for like thirteen. 12, 11, 10 weeks straight, something like that. Like, he was great. He didn't get a lot of touchdowns. He handed the ball off a lot in the red zone, but he developed, I think, like, still developing as a passer, still able to run the ball a lot. Um, He's just a super dynamic player, and I think he was the star of the AFC this year. You going Lamar? Is that right? I'm going Lamar, yes. You would be correct. The booty for the AFC star is going to Lamar Jackson. A, a, a great, great season from him. Um, yeah, that's the one thing that's impressed me the most this year is his passing game. What he's been able to do in the passing game. And, and set up the connection with uh, with Zay Flowers, who who did manage to get an Offensive Rookie of the Year vote. So good for Zay, because uh, he definitely deserved it. Um yeah, the connection that he's established with him, um, hopefully, is something to build on going forward in the next season and uh, the next couple of years. Uh, I think that his passing game has improved a lot, um, and we'll see if he can stick with it. Yeah, he had. I mean, he was fifteenth, which doesn't seem super high, but he was still at thirty five hundred yards for somebody who's also a. Uh, rushing quarterback which this year he had an additional 820 rushing yards yeah and then what was his completion percentage it wasn't that pretty high also uh completion percentage was 67.2 so yeah kind of kind of up there also 24 touchdowns to seven interceptions like rarely turn the ball over the second half of the season uh it was it was the best we've seen lamar be able to protect the football and also do what he does, which is be sure. a phenomenal quarterback. Um, so yeah, I think he is deserving of that boothy right there. This is uh this is another close one. Um Lamar ended up winning it with 16 points and Tyreek had 14. So very close between the two of them. Let's go over to the NFC side of things. NFC star. Um this one we had Nine different players nominated. Um, so a lot, a lot of guys getting nominated. Uh, there was one standout, uh, which I might be giving away who wins, but I feel like you probably already know it at this point. Uh, the NFC star, your nominees are quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, Mr. Dak Prescott. Looked like an MVP front runner for a little bit there. Kind of fell off uh, after playing the Niners, really. Um Dak Prescott down in Dallas. Out in San Francisco, you have Christian McCaffrey. Obviously, he's going to be up for any kind of offensive uh, player of the year type award, NFC star, MVP. His, he's the guy, and this season was an incredible one from him. And then, weirdly, we had a defensive player slip in for NFC star, and that was cornerback for the Dallas Cowboys, Deron Bland. Already has a defensive player of the year award. Can he get another one in the NFC star? Who you got, man? 
man, there's no way this isn't going to CMC. I I snubbed him once in Offensive Player of the Year. I didn't do it again in NFC Conference Star. To me, these awards are like essentially your finalists. These are this is your race for MVP, and CMC should be in that race. So that's that's who I'm going with here. No no disrespect on Dak Prescott or Daron Bland, but this this is CMC's award. You would be correct. It is. Mr. CMC from the 49ers. Uh, just a, a heck of a season for him. Um, I don't think that, like, it, it, it wasn't even close. It, 21 points for CMC, 6 points for Deron Bland, 6 points for Dak Prescott. So, while there was 9 different guys nominated, almost everybody has CMC number 1. Um, I don't think anybody had him. This might have been the only unanimous one that we had. I just want to double check that. Everybody put him number one. But I'm fairly certain this was the only unanimous winner of, of the Boothies was Christian McCaffrey as the NFC star, which makes sense. I mean, it's, it's not even it's not even close between him and everybody else. Um, so hats off to you, CMC. Keep doing your thing, man. All right, this next category is one that I would love to see actually be an award. The NBA does it. That's where I took this idea from was the, the NBA awards, and that's most improved player. Um, I feel like this is a, a, an awesome one. You can take a guy that is making the leap from year one to year two or still early in his career, or you can take a guy that's kind of floundered for a little bit and then all of a sudden had a nice breakout, breakout season. Um, so we had, I think, I think this is another one we had a lot of. Yeah, we had nine different guys nominated for most improved, which I think is really cool that there was that many guys that that kind of showed you something. Um, but your nominees for most improved, you have a running back from the Buffalo Bills in James Cook. I believe this is his second year. Um, obviously, started to make a name for himself up there in Buffalo as a featured back which is great for Buffalo because now they have a run game outside of Josh Allen in James Cook. Down in Tampa, we already talked about him once. We're talking about him again. It's Baker Mayfield on his, what, fifth team now, I think? Fourth team at least. Maybe, maybe the fifth team. Um, I, think it's, I think it's the fourth, actually, now that I think about yeah, it. Fourth, it's the fourth. Yeah. Fourth team. I think he's in his fifth year, maybe? Fifth or fourth or fifth? Something like that. The dude's been around for a little bit. Quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Baker Mayfield. And then weirdly, and I don't know how I feel about this guy at you know ending up in the nominees. Um I love him. I think he's great for his franchise. I think that there's a lot of special things to come, but him being on most improved feels a little weird. And that is quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, Jordan Love. Uh I get it because it is technically his fourth year, he sat for the the, the, the previous three. Um, so, sure, but that's what's weird about it for me is that this is his first year starting, and so I think the only like you're improving on one game. He played one game previously. That's what you have to go off of as far as improving. Now, if you look at what he did from like weeks two, three, and four to weeks 16, 17, 18, heck of a lot of improvement there. So. It's weird. It just it just feels a little weird to me. I'm okay with it, but it feels weird. 
the Boothy for most improved player. Who you got, man? You feel weird about your your homeboy being up for Listen, Boothy? Listen, I, 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 I love what him. he's going to get, okay? I love him, but it feels weird that he's up for most improved player. I, If it happens, I'm, I'm here for it, but it just feels weird. I mean, I I think it's fair to put in there because, like you said, like it's he had the one game where he didn't look the one game he started where he didn't look great, and then he this year he's improved from the start of the year to the end of the year drastically. Like he was overthrowing wildly at the start of the year, and has somehow managed to put everything on his back foot and throw some of the most accurate balls we've seen all season. Yeah, I mean, you um, you put I, him. I don't, you put him number one on your list, so. Did I? I yeah. thought I put him third. He was number one on yours. Oh, well. <laughs> Did I put it? I must have switched something around. Because I, I could have sworn I put Baker first, who I think this award should go to. Um, Baker was second place. I thought I put Baker, Love, and then I think I put Devin Singletary, who randomly came in and took Damian Pierce's job in Houston and had, like, a lot of good games with them the second half of the season. Singletary nothing on the Bills. Singletary would have been a good uh, nominee, but nobody put him on their list. Who did I put? <laughs> you had... I'm calling you out now. You had Jordan Love 1, you had Baker Mayfield 2, and you had Jared Goff 3, which is fair. But I also... I don't think that Jared Goff made that much improvement from, like, last year. Last year to this year, like he played basically the same. I don't know what I was smoking that day. Um, <laughs> that's not what I meant to do. I think okay. this is Baker Mayfield's award. Um, you would be correct. Yeah. The 2023. Okay. I'm, glad, I, I'm glad I didn't mess this one up. Boothy for most improved player is Baker Mayfield, which. Also feels a little weird to me to nominate him. I think I put him number one also. Um, yeah, I did. I had Baker, James Cook, and then David Njoku as, as number three. Um, but Baker Oh, and Joku was good last year. The reason the reason why about it. the reason why Baker feels a little weird to me is because like this isn't like what he did this year isn't anything that like I didn't already expect. Like this is the guy that I expected to see in years three, four in Cleveland. Um, it just didn't pan out. But like I had him as MVP two years ago in my preseason for this reason. Like th- like when he plays like he can play, you get this this performance. Um so it's weird putting him there, but when you look at how last season was for him kind of bouncing around teams, it makes sense. Like he obviously yeah. Most improved for sure. I mean, he improved from like getting benched and cut at Carolina to you know, right starting in Los Angeles only because Matt Stafford wasn't there to winning the job in Tampa and winning the division, winning a playoff game. Who Baker now has more playoff wins than the Browns do in his career, so that's fun. Yeah, um, I mean, it it makes sense that to think about. It makes sense. It's just it's just a little odd to me because like I don't think he improved upon what I already thought of him. If that makes sense, yeah. So that's why it's um, a little weird. But I, it, it, he's absolutely the right pick. Who who else like 
Who else do you think fits that kind of... You said there were nine nominees for this one? There was. So, what are the nine, names... Like, nine voted for, I guess? Yeah, so one of the names that didn't um, that didn't make the final three was David Njoku. Who, yeah, he's been good, but I think he had... This was kind of like a stellar year for him. Um, somebody had Njoku at one. Uh, Duran Bland was another name, because this is his second year. Um, let's see who else there was. Ron Bland would have been. I really thought I put Devin Singletary because he 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 deserves that shout out. Nico Collins was another one. Um, this is year two for him as well, I believe. And then who else do we have? Uh, Raheem uh Raheem Mostert was another one. It's, I don't know, it's weird to think about, similar to how you feel with Baker, I feel about Raheem Mostert, because... Yeah, I agree. The last the last season that we had, you know, 2019, when we had the Chiefs-Niners Super Bowl, like, mm-hmm. Raheem Mostert was very good. Like, he was... Yeah. I was terrified of him going into that game. Um, But, yeah, I guess it has been a few years since he's really been relevant. He's been either hurt or bouncing around teams, and then last couple of years has really found his home in Miami with McDaniel. So, yeah. Um, this next one was a fun one. I feel like, uh, we did team of the year. So who was the most fun team to follow? Um, which storyline, I guess, did you enjoy the most, uh, you know, pretty self-explanatory team of the year. Um, I'm going to, mm, how do I want to do this? <laughs> there was a, there was a lot of teams nominated. Um, there's there's only two contenders. There's I two I agree. I agree. There's really only two. Um, but there was one, two, three, four, five. Everybody, six, seven, eight. I guarantee you, everybody put these two teams and then put their home team because that's what I did. <laughs> Somewhat. Somewhat. <laughs> Seeing how there's uh at least two pretty prominent Packers fans in the Discord. They did end up in the top three. So <laughs> let me just—I'll give you—I'll give you the top three, and then I'll—I'll I'll list out some of the other ones. Um, but the top three for team of the year. Here are your nominees: the Green Bay Packers, shocking the world and going nine and eight after losing Aaron Rodgers uh, and and Jordan Love starting in year one for him, or Jordan Love starting for the first time in year four. Let me, let me phrase it like that so Blake doesn't get mad at me. Uh, you also had the Detroit Lions, 12-5, and five, making the NFC Championship game. Uh, obviously coming up just the tiniest bit short from making a Super Bowl, which would have been just ridiculous. Uh, and then you had a fun little team out of Texas and the Houston Texans uh, getting it done. Won the division? Is that correct? Yeah, they did win the division, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah because because the Jags the Jags lost it on the last day of the season. Um, so yeah, Houston Texans year one of C.J. Stroud, year one of D'Amico Ryan's. A lot of good things happening down there. Who is your pick for team of the year? Man, I don't remember what uh what order I put them in initially, but I think just going through the season, part of this for me is uh. Green Green Bay wasn't on my list. Like they had a good story, but 
it's also the same story essentially that they had when they first got Aaron Rodgers and when they first got Brett Favre, um, where it's like they have this quarterback that's been sitting on his behind. I don't know what words we can say here. Um, who ends up sitting for three years, coming in and looking like he's the franchise guy. Like that's the story we've heard from Green Bay a thousand times. Um, obviously, I put Kansas City because I didn't really think there was a third contender, and I was like, I might as well just put my team. Yeah, and I fair. mean, the Kansas City is always being weird because right now they're underdogs, but also the villain and the best team in the universe. And but they're under, but they're underdogs. Um, and Taylor Swift, um, obviously, that whole thing is a huge story, and how famous the Kelseys have become this year. Um, but with Detroit and Houston, I think Detroit, we were expecting and really hoping for it. And so that was something that like, we're happy it's finally happening. Whereas Houston, nobody expected, and it came out of nowhere. And everybody, as soon as they started winning, hopped on their train very fast. And yeah, it's, this is, this is really tough to pick these between these two teams. It's like. Do we give another boothie to Houston? Because they have three already? They have a lot. (laughs) They have a lot. They didn't get to the Super Bowl. Let's, let's, I want to give this one to Detroit. It's still incredible the history of not winning a playoff game in so long. And then they still, they still got to, I think, would have been the best story for them to get to the Super Bowl this year and didn't quite get there, but. Um, I think they'll be back. I'm I'm gonna give this one to Detroit. I think that's I think that's how I listed it in my rankings, but I don't remember. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, your team of the year for the 2023 NFL season is the Detroit Lions. Deservedly so. Uh yeah, yeah. this this is the team that I feel like this is another one that like might have been unanimous. I want to double check that because I feel like most people put the Lions at the top of their list. Yep. I'm going to guess the other teams mm. on there. So Green Bay, obviously, Kansas City, obviously. The Browns are probably on there. Um, the Vikings are probably on there. The Falcons are probably on there. Um. <laughs> was By the way, was not unanimous somehow. One person left them off the list completely. What? Yeah, yeah. Give me their full name and address right I now. I can't. I can't disclose that confidentiality. Oh my god! Was was not me. I can tell you that uh, they, the, they didn't. There was no paperwork for this. They didn't sign a HIPAA <laughs> agreement. The uh, the other teams that were listed were the Cleveland Browns, the Kansas City Chiefs, the San Francisco 49ers, the Miami Dolphins, and the Baltimore Ravens. I, I don't think they compare to the first two. None of them do. I I agree. The only one that I um, the only one that I wholeheartedly disagree with being on the list is the Miami Dolphins. I think they were fun to follow just because I mean there was a point they were scoring seventy points a game and they were like a high flying super fast offense. Maybe and I Maybe. I think I think I I can see the idea putting any of those teams above Houston or Detroit is a travesty. Who okay? You can't tell me who did it. But and if it if it'll give it away, don't tell me. But the person that left off the Lions, what did they 
what were the three teams that they put in the order that they put them? Texans, Dolphins, Ravens. I doesn't actually give anything away. <laughs> I, I know who does. <laughs> All right. The fact that it doesn't give anything away tells me exactly who it is. Ah, <laughs> uh, I figured that might be the case. Uh, let's go over to. We have come down to our final two awards of the evening, uh, as we do every single week. We always start off the show with a best of the booth and an under review. And it only made sense that we have those two awards for our, our first annual boothies. Um, so we're going to start with the bad first. Get it out of the way. We're going under review first, which is basically, I mean, this is, it's again, pretty self-explanatory. This is the Razzie Award, essentially. You don't want to be on this list. Uh, you were somebody that had high hopes or expectations, and you fell way short of them, uh, fell flat for the most part. Under review. Here are your nominees. Quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, what looked like a sure thing coming into the season, he would just lead his team through a very weak AFC South. Ultimately, he falls short on the last Sunday of the season, uh, losing out on the division, losing out on a wild card, missing the playoffs entirely. Not only that, but not only did the team fall flat, he fell flat personally. Um, just not great stats from him. Uh, a very mediocre year when we all expected him to make even more strides forward. Bryce Young in his first season, and this one I put together because there was a bunch that were kind of like different versions of this, but it was Bryce Young and the Panthers organization as a whole. Um, we're going to put them all together. Bryce Young and, and the Carolina just, Panthers. Did somebody just write Panthers? Um, There was like Carolina's front office. There was Panthers organization. I feel like the Panthers' owner was listed. I think I think I did put David Tepper. Right. So yeah. So I just sense. put them okay. all together because you have to. Bryce Young in year one uh, was never really given a shot with his first year head coach in Frank Reich being fired. What ten ten weeks into the season? Um, just just a really bum bum organization. Uh, and then your third nominee, which this one ooh, this one might hit a little close to home. But it's Mr. Kadarius Tony who can't catch a pass, uh, lines up offsides, cost that, that team multiple games, and hey, surprise, surprise, when he's been on the sidelines, somehow the Chiefs have made it back to the Super Bowl, despite looking mm, less than what they have the last couple of years. Uh, so those are your three nominees. This was a very, very, very close race. Uh, I will say that it was one point separating first and second place. So, who is your pick for the 2023 under review boothy. Uh I if I snub somebody, it was I me leaving Kadarius Tony off my list because I just again <laughs> I I needed to forget he existed. Yeah. You could have also put Jawan Taylor here and I probably would have felt Jawan Taylor was listed by somebody. <laughs> the most penalized offensive player in football this year, Jawan Taylor. Um 
but yet the referees only call in favor of the Chiefs. Anyway, um, <laughs> just had to jab that in there. I think just on the grand scheme of the season, as bad as Kadarius Tony was dropping crucial passes and also giving up like two or three interceptions off of his tipped passes, one of them losing us the game against Detroit at the start of the year. I think it has to go to Trevor Lawrence. Like Carolina obviously should have been better than they were this year. They have a lot of drama with the owner, but like, I don't think anyone expected them to be great right out of the gate this year. Like they should have been better, but they weren't supposed to be like, they weren't supposed to win the division. They weren't supposed to be anything spectacular. Yeah. So the, the fact that they're still at the bottom of the barrel is, is, you know, whatever like the division was the Jaguars to lose and they lost it and I think for that it needs to go to Trevor Lawrence that is a fair assessment however it is the wrong assessment by one point Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers are the winner winner loser more like the loser uh, of the 2023 Boothy for under review. Um, yeah, I, I'm i with you. I kind of feel like the wrong person or organization won this award. Um, I do think Trevor Lawrence is probably more deserving. I think what it is is just the Panthers organization as a whole, not just specifically Bryce Young, although Bryce Young was specifically listed by two people at least. Um, I think it's just the Panthers organization as a whole. Just a, a terrible owner, um, a micromanaging or owner, yeah. uh, a terrible look with hiring Frank Reich after he fails out of Indy, bring him in, uh, basically everything that came out about the way they drafted Bryce instead of CJ, um, the the firing of Frank after ten weeks, um, the yeah. not hiring of the interim there. There's just 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 it's just it's just a weird it's just a weird situation in Carolina right now, and I don't see any any bright light at the end of the tunnel to bring relief. I just feel like it's going to be dark and gloomy yeah. in Carolina for a long time, and it's not it doesn't help whenever you trade away a generational potentially generational talent at wide receiver in DJ Moore and two first round picks for a guy that looks like a certified bust in year one in Bryce Young, which might be a little early, yeah. but he looks that way. This It is an incredible issue to give away your first overall pick and then still be the worst team in the league and now not have your first overall pick this year. Yeah. Like they could have just, they could have just waited and gotten somebody this year, but yep. Uh, yep. Regardless, I think I, I put David Tepper specifically because of the micromanagement of like, and and this may be the same issue you're having in Dallas with Jerry Jones, like refusing to get rid of Mike McCarthy, where if you micromanage to a certain point, like if you're not a football guy, your team's not going to be like, you should be in charge of the football stuff. Right. Just give them your money. Let them do what they need to do. 
and let your team do it. And I think a lot of the teams that are the most successful do do that. I mean, yeah. say what you want about Bill Belichick with and without Tom Brady. Bill Belichick was also the GM for the Patriots right. all of those seasons. And they were the most successful team we've seen to date in football. Right. Well, speaking so. of Belichick, that was another name that was on this list. Um, somebody nominated him. The two, the two that I blanked on whenever I did my nominees that other people, other people mentioned. One was Jalen Hurts, who I feel like is is very worthy um, with the way that he looked this year. And the second one, and probably the more deserving one, is uh, I would I'll lump them together, but it, it was kind of separated in Austin Eckler and the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, Eckler specifically for me, I picked him as my preseason. I don't think I picked him as MVP. I think I picked him as offensive player of the year. Um, because I said that he's been the last two seasons, especially essentially a poor man's Christian McCaffrey, um, and has been capable of putting up somewhat McCaffrey like numbers. And that was not the case at all this year. He pretty much completely disappeared out there for LA. And then because of that, the Chargers as a whole suffered. Uh, and some of that has to do with Saley overstaying his welcome out there. Um, but some of it also has to do with Austin Eckler not being Austin Eckler, Justin Herbert not being Justin Herbert, injuries, all of that. So Chargers definitely a worthy mention as well. Yeah, I definitely didn't think about Austin Eckler. That's a, that's a pretty good pick. Man, there were there were a lot of people that didn't play well this year, weren't there? <laughs> There was a decent amount, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we've so made it. Real quick, important question. Yep. So I'm assuming the boothies, the awards themselves, are like, uh, they're like regular looking trophies with the guy going like with the field goal, right? You know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah. Kick us up and it's good. Yeah. Since that's our logo. Yeah. So is the uh, under review one like a miss? Is it a trophy of the guy Ooh. going like. Ooh, Something that's like well. This. You know, if we had actual trophies to give out, it should be. That'd be that'd be the way to go. <laughs> one old, day, old. one day, David Tepper, we'll 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 ship you your under review boothy. We'll get it. No, we'll get it made this year, and I'll come to the Kansas City Charlotte game, assuming <laughs> that's not the Germany game. And Just uh, find I'll a way. It, I'll bring it to you personally, and you can throw a beer at me. <laughs> find a way to sneak into the odor suite. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a box. I'll just hand it hand it to him through the yeah. window and then oh, he can throw yeah. a beer at me. Yeah, yeah that, there you go. There you go. Uh <laughs> all right. Final award of the night. This is the big one, folks. This is essentially MVP. And because of that, I said, let's let's forget about the three nominees. Let's go five. Because there was uh a multitude of guys nominated. Uh and the top five are five very good ones. Um, they're five guys that we've talked about uh, at some point tonight. I think actually one we might not have. Um, but all five guys worthy of being mentioned. So for the 2023 Best of the Booth Boothy, we have wide receiver from the Miami Dolphins, Tyreek Hill. Can he add a little bit more hardware? that trophy case that he's building over there. Quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson. Quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, Mr. Dak Prescott. 
running back of the San Francisco 49ers. Run CMC, Mr. Christian McCaffrey. And this is the guy I don't think we've mentioned yet tonight, but absolutely worthy of being mentioned amongst the, the, the elite of the NFL. Quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy. Best of the booth, man. Who you got? It's crazy because like the stuff I wanted to see from Brock Purdy has been happening the last two weeks. Like when everything's on the line, you're playing from behind. Can you get it done? And listen, but they just, but like they haven't played from behind for most of the season. Like you can't you can't want to see something from somebody and end up not being able to see it because they haven't been in a position to where you can see. You know what I'm saying? Like that's not fair to him. It's just always hard when a team is so talented. Like I'm not a Brock Purdy hater. I think Brock Purdy is very, very good. And I think seeing these last two weeks is making, you know, making me put him higher. Like before I wasn't really like with him in the like MVP conversation specifically because of how talented his team was. And that's why they were always able to stay ahead. But he was staying cool, calm, and collected the last few weeks, and I, I think it does earn him a spot up there. I think this award, does. I think this award should still go to CMC again, just as a running back, the things he's able to do, uh, being you know again scoring touchdowns in every game it seems like except the one to break that streak. Um, just he was a game a game changer for that team. Um, I think I. I don't want to say like you could just plug in a, any other quarterback and have it work. You could plug in like a slightly lesser quarterback and have it probably still work with CMC. I don't think if you, I think if you take CMC off that team, they're not as dominant as they are. Like I think CMC is a little bit more important to that team than Brock Purdy is. I agree. So that's, that's who I would pick is CMC. I don't know if that's who the community picked, but that's who I pick. Was not unanimous, but I feel like it should have been. Your 2023 Boothy for Best of the Booth. Run CMC Christian Let's McCaffrey go. from San Francisco. Uh, hell of a season. Add, adding a little bit more hardware to his Boothy trophy case. Uh, was the NFC star. Should have been offense player of the year. Obviously, a little controversial. Did not win that one. Um, they can't. They should win both. This is hey, the perfect outcome. If there was a man to win both, it would be this guy. This guy's been phenomenal all season. Done it uh, as a running back. Lined up, gotten some receiving uh, love. Hell of, hell of a player. Hell of a player. Um, deserves to win MVP in in at the NFL Awards next week. Probably will not, but he should. Um, as far as Purdy goes, I don't understand why Purdy gets hated on as much as he does. Like, if this I'm guy, not, if I'm this guy, if this guy was a top ten pick, people would be talking about his greatness. But because he was Mister Irrelevant, the last pick of the draft, it's like, oh well, look, look what this kid is doing that that just gets plugged into a nice system with all these fun weapons. Obviously, he's going to be successful. No, like. Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't do it. Trey Lance couldn't do it. Who was a third overall pick? He couldn't do it. Brock Purdy, 
I don't give a crap if he was Mr. Irrelevant. He's looked fanta- fantastic. He's played lights out. And they would not be where they are right now if it wasn't for him. But they also, even more importantly, would not be where they were right now if it wasn't for Christian McCaffrey. So it is a little bit of an equal effort there. And I'm with you. I do think CMC is that much, that much more important to the team. Yeah. I'm not a Brock Purdy hater. I, I agree. And the more Brock Purdy plays, the more I agree with how good he is. Like he gets a little bit higher on the list every game, it seems like. The top 10 quarterback. Um, He's a top 10 quarterback. Yes. Yeah. He might be number 10, but he is in the top 10. It's fine. He's top 10. If you you could be top 10 and be 10, that's okay. Jared Goff's made a living off doing that. (laughs) Kirk Cousins made a living off doing that. Brock Purdy right there with those guys. But best of the booth, CMC. Let's not take anything away from him. So... There it is, folks. The first annual Boothies. This is a lot of fun. This is this is a good idea. I'm glad we did this. Yeah. And I'm excited for next season to do it again. Uh, as the season draws to a close, we'll be back next week, I guess, previewing the Super Bowl and taking a look back at what we got wrong. Uh, in 2023, which there's there's probably a, a long, extensive list of things we got wrong. I already mentioned one uh, in Austin Eckler, so we'll take a look at all the other nonsense that, that we spouted out of our mouths uh, back in our preview episodes. <laughs> um, I might have... No, I think I picked the Eagles. I was like, I might have gotten the Super Bowl right, but I don't think I did. Oh, well, get I got one half of the Super Bowl right. Get out of here. This... <laughs> I mean, listen... If you if you vote if you pick the same thing every single year, it's gonna be right one one of these years. That's not true. For the last like forever, if somebody put the Lions every single year, it wouldn't have been right. But it will be right eventually. That's my point. Eventually maybe, the Lions will maybe, get there. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe they are actually cursed. I hope not. I want them to do it. <laughs> Me too. But. Me too. Well, hey. We appreciate you guys tuning in and listening to us in whatever capacity you're doing so. Uh, thank you. If you're able to leave a review on whatever way you were listening to this, whether it be on Spotify, Apple, uh, Google, whatever, hey, we would appreciate the kind words. Um, we love you guys. Hop into the Discord so you can join in on the fun like this next time we do it. Um, follow us on Instagram at Booth Review Sports. At Booth Review Sports. Um, follow our other socials if you if you so desire to do so but we love you we appreciate you we'll see you next week and I believe that's that ciao